Hello and welcome to the Gambler Racing Podcast. I'm Selectabet and as ever I'm joined by our racing expert Paul Gallagher, who is better known as the voice of value. How's it going, Paul? Not too bad, can't complain. Good. Lockdown, tucked away, so... Yeah, let's hope we're getting closer to the end of it. The good news is, is that well, elite professional sport has so far survived, and obviously that involves horse racing. So that's good. No, I don't think there's been any talk at Cheltenham being in danger or anything like that at the moment. Not yet, no. And, and just keep your fingers crossed because God knows how we'll cope <laughs> if they get rid of the, the horse racing and the football. I think we're in real trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've got a theory that they'll keep that going as long as they possibly can because it keeps. Um, young angry men occupied and <laughs> otherwise they'd be on the streets kicking yeah. off so I, I think you're right <laughs> you're 100% right there uh, keep some old angry men like yourself well so. exactly that's <laughs> <laughs> just, just too old to take to the streets these days but, yeah. Yeah, uh, but anyway we've got quite a few tips lined up this week we've got three uh, typically voice of value each way punts lined up but we've also also got some three short priced uh, horses that you fancy that will make up uh, doubles and trebles on Saturday as well yeah I'm uh, taking a dangerous dive into the world of short price favourites so <laughs> strap yourself in for that good we'll keep our fingers crossed for that one before we get started last week just a small congratulations on our 8-1 to winner in the shape of double shuffle yeah, pleased with that. Keeps the runner winners going. I think it's only been one week out the last six or seven where we've not had that. We've not had a winner, so we're in good shape. National one season's going pretty well so far. Yeah, warming up nicely for Cheltenham. Yeah, I can't wait to be honest. I've not got any anti-post bets on. Um, I'm preparing a wee, a wee article for Mister Fixit's website, so that'll be going up uh, on Monday. Fifty days to Cheltenham, so uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Good, we'll look forward to that. But there's plenty of racing on it on Saturday. We're kind of focusing on the meeting at Warwick this week. Um, we've got five tips from there. Uh, we're going to tackle them on the basis of we'll do the each way punts first and then finish up with the three shorter priced uh, horses that you fancy to cover in those doubles and trebles that we spoke about. So first race uh, is the 2.25 at Warwick, and we're looking at Lord of Karak in this one, who won last time out at the third time of asking. He did, yeah. He's been um, placed twice, second place twice, and then, and then won last time out. Just a, a sort of typical value bet from, from me in this one, um, on the basis that... He finished second to um, the favourite here, or one of the favourites, Adramel. Um, um, two starts ago, basically, Lord of Kerak. He was about three legs uh, second. Um, but he's got a, a better weight advantage this time um, against the same horse. So it's basically just um, the idea that you know, they're more or less matched in terms of the weights. Mm. Um, if, you, if you work it out roughly, you know, a pound a length kind of a thing, which is, is roughly how we do it. Um, and Lord of Kerak's ten to one, and Adramel is about nine to two, five to one. So it's just, just a sort of basic um, value bet. Um, Oliver Murphy's horses hadn't been good brilliantly, but they've started to improve now. So that's also a wee bonus for Lord of Kerak. Um, nice each way, double figure price. It's a tricky race um, in the sense that there's quite a lot of good quality horses in it. Um, for example, um, if you p- pick out Optimus Prime, 16 to 1, um, it's won its last two races in a row, but it's six, it's got off your 16 to 1. So it just gives you an idea of the sort of strength and depth of the race. Yeah. So it's not one to go absolutely mad on. Um, it's I think you can make a case for, for almost all of them. Um, 
but Lord of Kerak, I think, is the is the small each way punt for me. Okay, next up, we've got the three o'clock at Warwick, and this is a horse I had to check back on previous podcasts because it was one that tipped up twice on the podcast before. So obviously, a horse you've got a lot of time for. Yeah, Captain Chaos. Um, it's interesting. There's, there seems to be a sort of nautical theme uh, to my selections this week. I've got Captain Chaos, and there's another captain later on, and there's a pirate coming up as well. But I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's maybe just uh, I've been listening to too many sea chanties on the on the iPod. Um, but uh, yeah, Captain Chaos um, is one of the favourites for this race. Actually, um, it, it's a it's a, a decent each way contest. You, you would think normally I'd be looking for one at a bigger price. I couldn't find anything I fancied. Um, the only one was Didero Vallis for Venetia Williams. Um, it's been going reasonably well um, at sixteen to one. If anyone was thinking about that as an each way pun, then there might be a shout. The only downside being um, the way the the weights have worked out. Didero Vallis is actually sort of out of the weights. Um, his rating is officially, I think, four pounds below what what would be the sort of um, bottom weight here, effectively. So he's, he's mm-hmm. having basically having to carry a few pounds extra, which is always something that kind of puts you off. Um, so no, the one I thought was absolutely rock solid is Captain Chaos. I'll tell you why. Um, he is last two. If you look at his form, you're thinking, Paul, what are you what are you doing here? He's been pulled up, pulled up, and then eleventh of sixteen in his last his last few runs. Um, that's a disaster, but he's come down significantly. The weights, he's only now two pounds higher than his last winning mark, which was in sort of February last year. Um, and he was also the same mark they went off in this corresponding race, um, the, the, the classic chase at Warwick last year, when he was a, a very close second. Um, so he's clearly been targeted for this race. Um, he, in those two runs I'm referring to from last season, he was wearing uh, blinkers, I think it is, headgear of some sort, anyway. And his last three runs have taken that off and the horse clearly needs the headgear um, mm. to focus. So he's, they've taken that off and he's been sent off at 33 to 1, 50 to 1, 50 to 1. No hope, out the back, pulled up, pulled up and 11th, as I say. Um, today, the headgear's back on. It's, it's blinkers here. Yeah. Um, I was just checking it. And the headgear's back on. So he's, he's sort of, um, I don't want to say he'll be trying, but um, <laughs> let's just say he's been aimed at this race and leave it at that. Um, so I think it's really strong. I think he'll be, he'll, be, he'll be up near the front. In this race, you have to be ridden quite prominently um, to feature in it. If you go back through the last few renewals, it's always horses near the front that end up winning, either making all or being near the front. Horses that try and come from behind around Warwick um, find it very difficult to to get there, particularly in a big field like this where you've got to go around. So I've been horses, etc. and there's a bit of trouble near the back. So you want to be ridden prominently. That's what they'll do with him. Harry Skelton will get him out near the front and I think he's got every chance. So I thought 92 was very fair, even though it's a, it's a big field. I was going to ask, would you want a slightly bigger price based on those last three performances? Um, you, you would. I mean, ideally, in an ideal world, you'd want him at 21. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, basically, I'm just writing them off completely um, okay. and, and, and just saying, look, they effectively, um, I, I don't want to say that people aren't trying, but it, it certainly wasn't his main target, let's just say, that his last okay. eight times. Um, he's come down significantly the weights. He's come down four pounds since just his last run, uh, six pounds in total. Um, and that, So that's fair. It gets him back down to a sort of winning mark. If the horse are near enough, it, yeah, well, he's actually won off more than that in the past. So he's in really good shape um, in terms of handicap. Um, blinkers back on, and yeah, I expect to see a pretty big effort from him. Okay, so five to one, what's the best price at Unibet at the moment who are paying four places? Yeah, that's good. I mean, 
I suppose you could you could do the you could do the each weight nine to two five to one to protect your stake because I do think he'll be there thereabouts. I think he'll be in the top four or five. Um, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't really put anyone off doing that to be honest. It just it's a bit snidey for me tipping each way shots at five to one. So I'll just say win, win only. But yeah, no problem with the snide each ways. It's not stopped you in the past. It hasn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's a win bet for you in this one. It is, yeah. Okay, next up we're going to look at the three thirty five at Warwick and. The one thing I do love about you, Paul, is that you have the balls to come on a podcast and tip the outsider in a, race, yeah, a 13 horse race. Rank outsider of the field. <laughs> um, I, I think there's a strong case to be made for this horse. I think I think it's got a really, it's certainly a better chance than 28 to 1 uh, William Hill extra places and all that. Um, the horse is the captain's in, um, so presumably that's where Captain Chaos goes for a pint after he wins. So <laughs> he's in the captain's in for a jar. Um, ben Pauling's horse is in really good form at the moment, um, particularly in the last couple of weeks. If you if you actually go into his form and dig into it a bit deeper, um, all his handicap horses are running really well. I think he's won like five out of the last seven horses that have run in handicaps, uh, something like that. So he's certainly a trainer in form. Um, so that's the first thing to sort of the first sort of tick in his column. Um, his last couple of runs probably explain why he's um, the big price he is. He's, he was off the track for about six hundred days before his last run mm-hmm. at Chetsville. He finished dead last that day. If you actually go back and watch the race, um, it was a fairly competitive forerunner handicap. Um, he finished yeah, out the back of the telly at the end, but he, w- he was travelling pretty well for the first two, two and a half miles and then just tired. So I think he, after 600 days off, you can sort of forgive him, um, forgive him that. Um, you know, be like me, getting back to the five sides after lockdown. <laughs> I'm entitled to a couple, of, a couple of games before I get back to full speed again. Um, looking back at his form before that, um, he, he actually ran in the grade one um I think it was a grade one anyway. Yeah, the grade one Sefton Knox's hurdle at Aintree. It was Champ One, who's obviously one of the best now one of the best chasers in the country, Champ. Yep. Um, and although Captain's Inn was pulled up in that race, if you actually go back and watch it, he was travelling really well. He was staying with this sort of group of um, pretty decent top class grade one hurdlers. Um right up until the sort of last half mile when he, he'd stumbled at one of his um, hurdles and then he actually got clipped as they sort of turned the bend for home um, and lost all chance and just was immediately pulled up. So he would have finished a lot closer. He wouldn't have been pulled up had it not been for, for that sort of... Um, it wasn't even a mistake. It was just unfortunate. So that's the sort of level um, that Ben Pauling thought he was at. Prior to that, he'd won two races in the bounds. Um, so obviously hurdle races, whatever, but he was he was clearly very well thought of. Um and his, his return didn't suggest that there's something wrong with the horse. It just needed the run. I'm thinking I think he'll go a lot better. It might not be uh, on Saturday. Fingers crossed it is, it might be for another day, but uh, I just thought it was worth a small each weight punt at twenty eight to one. Yep, sounds convinced enough. But you've also got another one that you quite like in this race. I do, as well. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a race with extra places, so I think we're entitled to go and um, try and pick a second one out. And the, the one I like is um, my namesake, Thomas Gallagher, trains uh, Mr. Harp, ridden by Jack Quinlan. Um, and again, it's a double-figure price, 14 to 1, I think, widely available. Um, and just an improving young horse um, who's only had six runs, four of them over hurdles, one last time out. Um, if you go back and look at his form prior to that win, he was actually beaten uh, twice by a horse called Barbados Bucks, who's now um, the sort of very well thought of 
uh, Paul Nichols staying novice hurdler, um, going to the going to the festival um, is one of the fancies for the potato race, the Albert Bartlett three mile novice hurdle. So he's actually not been beaten far by him at all um, on his third uh, third from last run basically, and then they got beaten a bit further last time out. But uh, you know, Barry those bucks looks a pretty solid horse. So I think um, there's some potential in Mr Harp as an improver. He's only he's off a really low handicap mark here, so he gets to run off a really low weight. And I thought that again one one that was decent each way value um, against a pretty strong field, but no no standout performers in it. Yeah, so a couple of good each way shouts there. Actually, Mr Harp's been backed in a wee bit to twelve to one. Okay, fair enough. We'll call it a twelve to one. That's that's across the board. Someone fancies him then. But yeah. Uh, okay. So the captain's in at twenty-eight to one each way. Um, do you see Hills are paying extra places in this? Yeah, Hills are and Ladbrokes are as well. I think there's quite a few firms are paying four places. So, so try and get that, especially with the, the bigger prices, because it's still a, a nice little winner if we manage to sneak in the fourth place each way. Indeed. Uh, and Mr. Harp around the 12 to 1, 14 to 1 mark in this one as well. Okay, we're going to look at some much shorter priced, uh, not all favourites, but short priced chances on Saturday that you quite fancy wrapping up into doubles and trebles. And the key driver here is that you wanted to get on Sky Pirate again this week, who I, has I served really you well. He's, he's, he's now becoming a podcast favourite um, after, his, uh, after his win last time. Um, he's a uh, He's going to be a pretty short price favourite for this race, but there's only six runners. It's a much um, a much thinner race in terms of quality uh, than he was involved in last time out um, when he won really handily, um, went up in the weights. But he's uh, he's good value for it, I think. Um, so so uh, yeah, his last one at Cheltenham was pretty solid. This is this is easier stuff. There's not there's not many in there that are, would be a massive concern. Equus Miller won last time out. Um, but it wasn't as good as the race that, um, that Sky Pirate won in, so that doesn't particularly concern me. Um, and a Muller Gold from the Skelmans is, is, is the sort of main threat. And um, that you know, I think I think Sky Pirate's race to to throw away. Although he's very good at that, we've seen things <laughs> third a few times when he's when he should really when he should really win. But I'm, I'm just keeping faith with him now. I think that they dropped to two miles has, has been the making of him. Um, and John Joe can. Uh, can get just hold them up nicely and come and come and take it as the uh, as they came over the last. So yeah, Sky Pirate and that um, and and as as you rightly pointed out, we're we're going to um, put them into doubles and trebles with a couple of selections. Yeah, so next one up is in the next race. Natural fact at Warwick, uh, just three horses go in this one. I'm guessing you don't see many questions being asked by the other two for uh, next destination. I don't really, to be honest. Um, I, I don't think so. Next destination's actually slight odds on here, sort of four to five, um, eight to eleven, something like that. Um, and I think even at that, he's good value. Fiddler on the roof is the the main challenger. Um, he's from the Tizard yard, not backing any of the Tizard horses at the moment. They just seem to be running really, uh, really poorly, um, with, with the odd exception. So there's sort of. I mean, just the basic stats, even on the, the recent post app, last 14 days, Colin Tizard, zero winners from 14, 14 mm. winners. Um, you, you, you know, when would you ever say that about the Tizard yard with the amount yeah. of quality horses they've got? So there's, there's something wrong there, whatever it happens to be. So, you, you know, and, and though, until you know otherwise, you just steer clear of those horses. Um, Goal and Fortune isn't actually too far behind Next Destination in terms of form. Um, he's, he doesn't have too much to find with him at the ways. 
But uh, I just think Next States Nations the class act, and, uh, and it should run quite uh, quite strongly. Um, Nichols has given him a break since he's, uh, he's win uh, back in November, and I think he'll be geared up, ready to go for this, and then onwards to the spring festivals after that. So yeah, pretty confident about his next destination. Okay, and we're going to wrap up the treble with on the blind side in the two forty at Market Reason, who ran well last week, but just couldn't find enough to get past uh, McFabulous. Yeah, well, McFabulous, they're talking about as you know, um, horse of a generation stuff. I'm maybe exaggerating slightly, but there's people, <laughs> are, people are getting pretty excited about McFabulous. Um, I wasn't convinced um, prior to um, last week, uh, but I'm convinced now. I thought he, he, he travelled really well in that race and, and sought out really nicely. Yeah. Um, and on the blind side, um, did pretty well actually to get to finish within two and a quarter lengths of him. Um, and there's there's other quality horses in that race. And behind Thomas Darby, Call Lord, some of boy, all well beaten. So um, I think on the blind side's form can really be sort of given a, a big tick. Um, in, in that respect, the main challenger here um, is Little Rockefeller, who's a, a really admirable horse. Little Rockefeller, um, cracking cracking sort of battler always. Um, tends to go from the front and, and it's really hard to pass but people have been passing him all late he's you know he always finds one or two that are just too good for him and mm. i think that'll be the same i think that'll be the same again um and this one on the blind side i think two ones really good value i would actually make on the blind side a good bit shorter uh, six to four something like that so i think that's uh, although i don't often um advocate you know Big bets on doubles and trebles. I think that's that's the sort of folly of the of the sort of amateur punter. In this case, I think it's worth a worth a bit of fun. We're not going to go mad, but um, some small doubles and trebles on those three that I've, that I've set out, and uh, hopefully by the time it comes to two forty, we're cheating on on the blind side for the the full house. I hope so. We've just priced it up at bet three six five there, and it's just over nineteen to two for the treble. Ah, that'll do nicely. So just shy, just shy uh, ten to one. So that that'd be. Quite a nice wee wait around off your Saturday. I'd probably advise everyone to um, to wait until nine a.m. on Saturday morning before you stick that on because most bookies uh, online go to the best odds guaranteed at that point. Some yeah. of them do it overnight, but not all of them. Um, so if you can get best odds guaranteed, go for that because you almost certainly get one of them will drift to half a point and get you over the ten to one mark for the trade. Yeah, that'd be nice. So, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Okay, can you give us a wee recap then of your picks for Saturday? I can indeed. I'll go through in chronological order. One fifteen at Sky Pirate, uh, eleven to ten or five to four favourite. One fifty uh, also at Warwick. Sorry, they're both at Warwick. Next destination eight to eleven. Two twenty five at Warwick. Lord of Kerak eleven to one each way. Two forty at Market Raisin on the blind side. Two to one. Three o'clock at Warwick. Captain Chaos nine to two. And finally, in the 335 at Warwick, we've got two selections. The captain's in, uh, 28 to 1 each way, and Mr. Harp, we're calling that now 12 to 1 each way. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you very much for that, Paul. Um, remember, you can follow Paul on Twitter at The Voice of Value, and of course, you can follow the Gambler account at Gambler Tips. And also, don't forget that you can leave a review and rate us on iTunes if that's where you listen to the podcast, and that would be appreciated if you could do that for us um, if you like what we do. Just remains for me to say thank you for listening. Um, hope you all have a great weekend of betting, and uh, thanks to yourself, Paul, for your tips this weekend. Yeah, thanks, and good luck to everyone with Sarge and Jason.